0: That is the, the powerful truth of what we sing about this morning. Death was arrested and my life has begun. My life has begun because, because of Jesus Christ is not in the tomb. He is risen from the dead. And I'm so grateful we get to sing that. But here's the reality of, of life as we know it. The reality of life as we know it is, is we are promised, we are guaranteed to have some struggles, some challenges, some difficulties. There's a reality of, of death in our life that we have to navigate. In fact, it's C.S. Lewis who once said these words. He said, the death of a loved one is an amputation. Her absence is like the sky spreading over everything. You see, he wrote this after the love of his life, his wife, Joy, had passed away from cancer. And he said, it's like a piece of me has been cut off, and and it's affected every part of my life now, and if you're in this room, and I'm sure you have experienced this before, a loved one, a family member, something that you've lost, and you felt that weight, they're gone, and it's been heavy, and you know these words all too well, so because of that, I want to share with you this morning a story. I want to share with you the story of what Jesus has to say about death. I want to share with you the story of what Jesus has done about death. And I want to share that with you through the lens of these two sisters. They're named Mary and Martha. And, and, and the reason I want to use them is because these two sisters know the reality of loss all too well. See, their brother brother has gotten sick, and and ultimately he ended up dying, and they loved him. This was their beloved brother, and he's gone. And so uh, we see John recording this story for us in his book, in his eyewitness account uh, of Jesus' life. He sets the scene for us here at the beginning of chapter 11. Here's how it goes. It says, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived and Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. Now, Jesus was close to Mary, Martha and Lazarus. They were like family to him. He considered them not just to be close friends, but he really considered them to be his family. He loved them dearly. And we know like any of us, if we have a family member who's sick, we want to know about it. And so, these sisters Reached out to Jesus to let him know. In fact, it says this in verse three the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is sick. They wanted him to know. And so Jesus responds to that in a way that gives me some comfort. He responded by saying, "Uh, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. Well, that's good. That's good. But here's what's confusing. If we skip down a couple of verses in chapter 11, it goes on then to say these words. So Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. This is confusing to me. Is Jesus confused? Because at first he said Lazarus isn't dead, and now he's saying Lazarus is dead. Which is it? Is he dead or not? And, 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 and so I, I love this part about Jesus, because while it's true that Lazarus did die physically, this isn't the end of the story. Because Jesus is hinting at something so much bigger, so much better, so much greater than any of us could ever imagine or fathom. In fact, I love, I'm glad that we have John's book to read from front to back, This is great for us, but I can't help but think, Mary and Martha didn't have John's book. They didn't know Jesus had a greater plan in mind. All they knew was that their brother was gone, Jesus wasn't there, and now they're brokenhearted over this. But here's what I also love about Jesus, is that he knows these two sisters so well, and he loves them so much, that he responds to them each in unique ways ways and ways that they each needed personally and so I want to look at these responses to them because I think it's his response to us today as well and so um, I want to look at the response he had to Mary first and this is what happens with Mary it says when Mary arrived and saw Jesus she fell at his feet and said Lord if only you'd been here my brother would not have died and when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her a deep Anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. It's those three words that captivate my heart. Then Jesus wept. Those, those three words are so powerful because, because the reality of our life, right, is that there is struggles, there is problems. There is even death that we have to contend with in this world. And I love that in our grief, in our darkest moments, in our biggest challenges of life, the truth is that Jesus comes alongside of us and he gives us a promise, a promise of his presence. He's with us. He's always with us. In fact, we see this in John 11. It says, Then Jesus wept. These three little words may not seem like much on the surface, but when you really look at what these words mean, it is life-changing. Because when Mary goes to Jesus in her heartbreak and in her tears, Jesus, God himself, weeps with her. He entered into her sadness, and he stood alongside her in her grief. It's so weird in our culture, especially for guys in the room. I'm talking to you. We somehow walk around like we got to always have it all together. Like We can't show weakness. If you show sadness, then that's weakness. We can't have that. We have to be tough. We have to hold together. Even some of us buy into this lie that, that, that our loved ones would want us to remain strong. The reality here is what I see from Jesus is that, is that as he weeps, he gives us permission to weep as well. He comes alongside and he stands with us through these things. He enters our sadness and then he stands alongside us when we grieve and when we hurt. We see this all throughout Scripture. Like I think of some of these verses like Psalm 34 that says, You are close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. We see his presence with us when we are hurting. Or this one in Psalm 56, it says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected my tears in your bottle. You've recorded each one in your book. Again, his intimate care for every detail of our lives. I love Isaiah 40. It says, you give power to the weak and strength to the powerless. He comes alongside us when we need him the most. His presence with us is guaranteed, which means this, you are never alone. Ever. Jesus, God himself, is with us in our hurt. You're never alone. But he doesn't just give us his presence. This was another thing that I noticed with his interaction with Mary. I wonder if you noticed. It's kind of strange. It it says a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Why would Jesus get angry When he talked to Mary, what was it that made him so upset that he got angry? Well, I think I have the answer. I think the answer is this. The reason Jesus gets angry is because life was not supposed to be this way. It's, it's the reason why none of us are wired to get used to death. It's, it's why when we experience the loss of someone in our life, whether it's a nine-year-old or a 99-year-old, none of us can really accept the reality of what's happening. Because the reason that death is foreign to our hearts and minds and the reason that Jesus gets so angry here is because death never belonged in God's original creation. Do you remember back in the beginning, In the beginning, God created. He created what? He created us. And he created us to have life full of love and peace and joy. A life lived in this good world with a perfect relationship with God. And nothing could separate that. And yet, to the chagrin of God's plan, death entered the world. Why did death enter the world? Well... Because you and I decided we didn't need God anymore. We could do things better on our own. We could go our own way. We, could, we, wanted, we wanted to be in control. We wanted to call the shots. We wanted to follow our will, not his. And as a result, humans forfeited their relationship with God and the life that he gave. And as a result, you and I are confronted with the consequences of those choices every single day. This is why Jesus is angry. This is why he's bothered by death because life was never supposed to end in death. And thankfully for us, thankfully for us, here's the good news. Death doesn't have to be the end of the story. You see, Jesus' presence and his anger are not his only responses to death. No, no, no. Jesus chose to handle death head on. He confronts it head on. And in our pain, he gives us his presence, yes. But in our pain, he also gives us this promise. This promise. Listen to how he responds to the other sister, Martha. This is what is said. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this Martha. But yes, Lord, she told him, I've always believed that you are Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. What an incredible promise of hope in the midst of her grief. In, in the midst of her pain, this promise is the kind of hope Martha need, and in the midst of our life and the things that we're navigating, this is the kind of hope that you and I need in our life every single day, and this is the kind of hope that we celebrate together this morning on Easter. Because the promise that Jesus made to Martha, Jesus made good on in more ways than one. In fact, if you remember and you read the rest of this story, Jesus went to the tomb where they laid Lazarus. Then he walked up to the entrance and he called out, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus raised from the dead. People were astonished. They couldn't believe it. And in this, Jesus showed them once and for all that he had the power over sin, the power over death, the power over the grave. Jesus said because of who he is and what he has done for us, those who believe in him will live beyond their grave for eternity. It's because Jesus came to this earth and he lived a perfect life, the life that you and I were supposed to live. He lived a perfect life. And and when it came time for him to die, he died on a Roman cross. And when he did this, he took upon himself our own sin and shame and guilt and death. He took that on his shoulders to show us just how much he truly loved us. And then get this, after three days, they went to the tomb and he was gone. It was... It was empty. Jesus rose from the dead. When everyone thought all hope was lost, when everyone thought evil had won and there was nothing left, God had other plans. And that is the story of Easter, that God had another plan, a plan that would go beyond anything we can imagine, a plan for life, not death. In fact, Luke 24 goes on to record this. It says, but early on Sunday morning, very early on Sunday morning. I wonder if I would have missed that. (laughs) That's too early. (laughs) The women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes, the women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here, they told him. He's risen from the dead. Jesus, the Son of God, rose from the dead. And when he did this, sin was defeated, the grave was defeated, death was defeated. And as a result, you and I can have life. Life beyond anything we can ever imagine. Life beyond the grave. Because Jesus Christ paid for our sins. And this is the kind of life, the kind of life that doesn't just start after we die. It starts now. It starts today. The empty tomb here means that you and I don't have to live with an empty life. We can live a life of joy and of peace and of purpose and meaning. But here's the deal: Many have searched high and low for this kind of life. They've searched in a lot of places, in a lot of ways. They've searched in places and ways that have all ended poorly. They haven't found it. And if they have found it, it's brief. Tell you this kind of life that Jesus has to offer us can be long lasting. Not just today, but for eternity. And, I, and it's only going to be found, this is the truth of Easter, this kind of life only can be found in Jesus. And so, the worship team's going to lead us in a song. I wonder if we would just kind of stay seated where you're at for a moment while we sing this and just kind of think about the truth of these words for a moment. Let's, let's just sing this now. <laughs> Here's here's the deal. Jesus responds to death, our death, in the ultimate display of unconditional love. But you know that love can't be forced onto somebody. Love has to be received, which which brings us to this interesting question this morning, the question that Jesus asked Martha. He said, do you believe this, Martha? Meaning, Meaning this, it's one thing to hear about Jesus' love on the cross. It's another thing to receive it, and then even another thing to live live like we've received it. And do you believe this, Martha, this question? It, whether you want to admit it or not, it's a question that each and every one of us in this room is going to be forced to answer at some point in our life. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is who he says Says he is. Do you believe that he did what he claimed to do? Do you believe that it's because of his death, burial, and resurrection, his love for you, that we can be forgiven and have eternal life with him? Do you believe? It was, I want to tell you this, this quick story of a family at our church. This is the Bender family. They've been attending our church for a while. Leanna, the, the mom She was forced to answer this question sooner than she thought she would because she was literally uh, facing the reality of death. Doctors were stumped at what was going on with her heart. They couldn't figure it out. And through this process, through this process, she kept hearing those words, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Well, Leanna was scared because her mom had just had a heart attack and heart problems and so leanna started thinking maybe i'm 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 going to have the same stuff and yet the question hung out there leanna do you believe this and and fear fear began to creep in to her heart anger began to creep into her heart as she was trying to cling to her faith in Jesus and that question kept remaining do you believe this and then it hit her husband Nathan because Nathan was scared he didn't want his wife to have the surgery that was needed because it was risky there it, it, it was scary but there weren't any other options and so Nathan began to hear those words I am the resurrection and the life do you believe this Well, unfortunately, she had the procedure and the doctor accidentally had perforated her heart during this procedure and it caused her to nearly die. She was in ICU for a long time. And she was still alive, but she wasn't functioning well, not well at all. And it was causing her to feel even more hopeless. And yet, yet that those words were out there. I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? What throughout the next couple of years, Liana was extremely sick. And and on August 21st, she became so desperate of 2022 that she actually started saying goodbye to some of us. Some of you she said goodbye to. She wrote letters to her kids say goodbye. And yet the question remained do you believe this? Do you believe this? Well three years of suffering September 22 they finally decided to try to have another surgery, an open heart surgery. They took her in. Leanna was trusting God. She was hoping that he would heal her in this life. But ultimately, she said, I know that even if he chooses not to heal me in this life, I know that I will have life beyond this with him. And, and she admitted to us that before all this, that she, she believed in God, but she wasn't really living like she believed in God. She was going through these motions, but it was this moment in time that that led her to a place where finally, for the first time in her life, when she's literally faced with death to life, that she said, for the first time in my life, I, I felt the presence of God, that that he gives us, he promises us. I, I, I felt his presence and I experienced that promise that he offers, the promise of hope in Jesus. And in the lowest moment of her life, everything changed, both physically and spiritually, it changed. Physically, because she was almost dead and brought back to life. Spiritually, she was dead and brought back to life. And now she tells everyone. I wanna show you this picture, she's smiling, She's got so much joy. She is excited to tell people about her relationship with Jesus. She'll tell anyone and everyone about how God has saved her, not just physically but spiritually. I was surprised to learn that she said I would do this all again. I would go through all this again if it meant me being where I am today, being having a life of hope and peace and a life finally found in Jesus. It was worth it her. That question is powerful. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? That he's died for you? And that when you believe, he offers you life life beyond the grave. Do you believe this? This is such a powerful question. Martha answered with a resounding, yes, Lord, I do believe. Liana answered this question with a resounding, yes, Lord, I do believe. I have answered this question with a resounding, yes, Lord, I do believe. But the same question is for you. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe the tomb was empty, that death was defeated, that It was out of love for you. As Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe? I promise you this. I promise that the answer to that question is life-changing. Because my King is alive today. My Savior loves me and has given me life beyond anything I can imagine. Do you believe? I wonder, could we stand and respond to that together this morning? Let's stand.